Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. This is your host, Paul Kapow. The Kingdom, it's Powers of Wickedness Radio Show. Before I get started, I want to let you know that I have a new website. It's called Mesquite Cafe Blues Band. MesquiteCafeBluesBand.com They might say, what does that have to do with me? I don't even live where you do. Uh, I don't care about your information. That might be so, but you might be interested in any new music you put out, photos or a press kit, anything like that, or just what's going on. You might want to share it with other people. Maybe you want to get a hold of me and say, Brother Kapow, I would like you to write a song, a theme song for my show like you did for Fourth Man Barbecue. That's a cool song. And uh, you might say, Brother Kapow, I'd like you maybe to do some uh, music for my uh, upcoming podcast or do a jingle. I mean, you never know. You got to think out of the box. You got to get creative. Mesquite Cafe Bluesband.com. If nothing else, you go up there and look at pictures of my ugly face and my beautiful wife and my uh, partner, Night Trainer Harmonica. And you can go, man, they're ugly, but they sound pretty good. Except for my wife. She's pretty. So anyway, blues mesquitecafebluesband.com you get a chance go there right now when you're driving just say Siri put that in my address book very easy to navigate make sure you go to the ellipsis and look at the um, the scroll down menu because you're going to see our calendar of dates and uh, upcoming dates dates that we played in the past and videos are linked to most of those dates so you can look and go well look at they played the Peach Days Festival in Utah. What is this video all about? And you can just check that out. It'll just take you right to YouTube. Now, on uh, fifthhookmedia.com, we still have a splash page uh, when you hit that about Mesquite Cafe Blues Band. And most of that information is on there too, but mesquitecafebluesband.com has more detail and it's geared for the band, not for anything else. But you can still go to fifthhookmedia.com and see other stuff. And then you can look at the books there, too. And uh, they have links, direct links to Amazon. You can buy the Demons in a Marriage Bed. And I just see Unseen Enemies and Christianity and Blasphemy and, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Wisdom of Death is also a good book that I wrote way back in 2011. I'm sorry, 2001, after my father died. And... um that's a good book about grief and recovery. So anyway, a little uh, commercial deal. So today, let's get right into it. I've talked three minutes and um, I probably already lost you. But today, bef- now listen, hear me out. Before you run to the off button and, and shut me down and never listen to me again, because you don't want to hear me talk about the law because I'm yelling and screaming and I'm, I'm just an idiot. I dig it. I wouldn't listen to me either because I'm an idiot, but I want to go over, just bear with me here. I want to go over Deuteronomy 27, and this is the the curses. Come on, stay with me here. I know you're already rolling your eyes. These are the curses that Israel placed upon themselves for not obeying God's law, right? That the, the one 
a group went on Mount Gerziam and the other group went on Mount Ebal. And they, they did these imprecations upon themselves, these curses upon themselves. The reason why I'm going to read, I'm not reading Leviticus to you and every little bit of law. I just want to read this to you. And I, I, I want to point a couple of things out. One of the things I want to point out is that when you read this list and when I read it to you, more than likely, you're going to hear this and go, that's repulsive. I, I'd never do that. Um, you're going you're gonna to hear stuff and you're going to go, I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, what good would that? I have no desire to do that. You know, <laughs> some of this stuff you read and you're going, why would that even be part of the curse upon yourself? Why? As a human, in God's good name, would you even think about doing something like that? Now, here is my here's my tie. After that, and I point that out to you, then we're going to go to, to back to Galatians. And if you remember last week, we talked about Christ being the curse for us. He took these; these are the curses, right? that Israel cursed themselves with, if not obeying the law, we're grafted into that, right? But Christ took that curse upon himself. He, we, there's stuff on here. Obviously, you would read and go, there's a possibility I would violate that, even though that's super repulsive. Right now, there must have been a possibility that they absolutely did violate all or some of these things. And that's why Christ had to become the curse for that law. So the other thing I want to point out with that, and when we end up in Galatians, so we're going to go to four, chapter four, is the beautiful gift that we have from Yahweh and the Son of God, our Messiah, our Savior, and that he became the curse for us. So that we're not cursed when we violate these things. The third thing I really want to point out. This is Brother Kapow. This is Paul Kapow kind of theorizing here. This is what I believe. Okay. And I can support this by scripture. But the third important application with this is that one of the reasons probably the main reason, more than likely the only reason, that some of these things are repulsive to us, or they all should be repulsive to us and go, wow, we wouldn't do that, is that we have, under the new covenant, the Spirit of God living at us, the Holy Spirit. And that promise of the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to indwell in you instead of outside of you in a temple and in a tent, but inside of you, in your innermost being, in your heart, in your thoughts. And I'm going to write my law on your heart so that you have no need of a man to teach you. I'm sorry, that's what the scriptures say, right? I, I'm not making this up. And I honestly believe that when you're regenerated in Christ, no, you're not perfect. You're still a you're still a moron human with a, with a flesh nature, 
with that serpent seed nature that rises up now and then that you, you've got to you got to deal with and, and go through your trials and tribulations and your testings to be refined in character. I'm not saying you're perfect, but I'm saying the Holy Spirit indwells you upon your regeneration. And when that happens, that law written on your heart, now you look at that stuff and you're going, I don't need to put a curse on myself. I have no desire to do that. Christ already took care of that penalty. Um, and it, it, it happens on a spiritual level. It doesn't happen on an intellectual or a logical level. It's not something you think about. It's just something that is because, well, you're a new creature in Christ. Okay, so let's get going now that I set that up. We're going to start in Deuteronomy. We find that Moses is talking to the children of Israel, and they're going to, they're, he's talking about when they cross over Jordan, and they're going to stand on these mountains, and the children of Israel will be split Half will be on one mountain, the other will be on the other. And in verse 5, he says, And there shalt thou build an altar unto the Yahweh thy God, thy Elohim. An altar of stones, thou shalt not lift up any iron tool upon them. And why this is important is part of the law, and part of what God required is that the altar that is built up to Yahweh to offer a sacrifice is made out of earth and stones, but you can't cut them yourself or hew them yourself or have a graven image on it. The reason being is that part of his law was not to make any graven image. If you started making fancy altars and engraving them and stuff, then it became an abomination and against his law. So he's telling them that no tool could be put upon them, but they're gonna make this altar. And thou shalt build the altar of the Lord thy God of whole stones. You shall offer burnt offerings thereon to the Lord thy God, thy Yahweh. Offer peace offerings. You shall eat and rejoice before Yahweh. All right? So rejoice. And thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. And Moses and the priests, the Levites, spake unto all Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken. O Israel, this day that thou art become the people of the Lord thy God, of Yahweh. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy Elohim, and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, Okay, these shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you come over the Jordan. And he names the people are going to stand, right? And then he says, these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse. And then he names those tribes that would do that. And then the Levites, remember the priests, the priestly, the priesthood there shall speak. And then they shall say to all the men of Israel with a loud voice. Okay. Now here's, here's the curses I want to read to you. And as I read them to you, you're going to honestly, you're going to be like, what? You know, um, uh, I would never even think about doing that. And like I said, go back to what what I'm telling you, that you're, the law is written in your heart now, and then you're, you're changed, you're a new creature, because Christ became that curse for you. And there's just no desire to do this stuff. we got enough problems that we're dealing with in our flesh nature as it is, um, let alone these, these laws that would, would curse us. So this is something Christ redeemed us from. So it's kind of cool to go back and see 
what we've been saved from the blessing one of the big blessings that we have you know besides eternal life it's that being safe from that curse and having sonship with yahweh so this is really cool stuff um the plan of god really is so in verse 15 it says cursed be be the man which is you know mankind men and women first be cursed be the man the, the hebrew word is ice it's it's you know, male person, but it's everybody that maketh any graven or molten image an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and put it into a secret place, and then all the people shall say and answer, Amen. Amen. Uh, which means truly or so be it, right? So the, that's the first curse that they put on themselves. They said, "Cursed be anybody that takes a tool and engraves it, or or they 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 make a molten image. They they put metals in a fire and they uh, make an image. Uh, these things are an abomination to the Lord because they're the work of the hands of the craftsmen." See, he makes it, and then they put it in a secret place. So the people say, amen. So you, you ought to understand the curse, it's, has, it has everything to do with making an image to worship. This is idolatry, idolatry with an I. Uh, so it's, it's cursed if you make, now remember the altar that he said. Now you're going to raise an altar, but you're not going to let any, graven tool come upon it you're not going to engrave it you can't make it with the works of your hands so anybody who makes something to be worshipped this is the hands of worship see they put that's why they put it in a secret place for worship shall be cursed now as i read that to you, you're thinking i ain't doing that you know um i don't know anybody in my church that does that i ain't doing that and it should be rather repulsive to you Idolatry should be rather repulsive to you because that law is written in your heart and it's something you're like, what? I don't even need to curse myself doing that. I have no desire to do that. Verse 16, cursed, here's the second curse. Cursed be he that setteth, setteth light by his father or his mother. And then all the people said, so maybe. So the curse comes upon somebody who setteth light, which means to be um, in contempt or despise or lightly esteem or to consider vile. So in other words, um, you hate your parents and you consider them vile, <laughs> his mother and father. Um, now, not all of us were fortunate enough to have good parents. Some of us had you know, a bad mother, a bad father, a bad upbringing. But when you come to Christ, it's not that you forget that or that didn't affect your life, but you come to you do come to a point of of letting it go and forgiveness, um, so that God can heal you. But um, apparently, in verse sixteen, uh, they're talking about people that um, despise or actually held their parents into contempt. Now remember, these were the nation of God, so a parent would be obeying the laws of God. So theoretically, there would be no reason to hold them in contempt or despise them 
if they're doing the law of God. All right. Verse 17, cursed be he that remove that removes his neighbor's landmark and the people shall say amen. And I think that's, it's just what it means. You know, if your neighbors, this is my property boundaries and stuff. And then you take that landmark and you move it, um, you know, 20 acres and go, no, that's, you know, that's mine. And that's called thievery. <clears throat> and uh, you work for the uh, United States government, if that's the case. So, there's a curse upon people who do that. Now, this, these are, you know, so you're looking at that going, well, I wouldn't do that. Not only is it against the law, you know, but I'm just not going to go over to my neighbor's house and, and move his fence, uh, you know, into his yard 10 feet so I can gain 10 feet. Um, it should be in your heart that that's really not the right thing to do. Verse 18, cursed be he that maketh, this this one always blew my mind, check this out. Cursed, cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and all the people shall say amen, or so it be. What, what blows my mind about this is everything so far has been real and practical. Landmarks are real. Uh, despising your parents are real. Making a graven image is real. So there's no reason why I would get to verse 18 and think that it is symbolic um, or that it is uh, allegory. It's real. There, the, at, at that time, there was a thing where, and I don't know what the purpose would be to take a blind person, and the Hebrew literally means figuratively or literally blind, and then make them wander out of the way. Now, if you look at it figuratively, and maybe it is meant figuratively, and it, they're figures of speech, you know, that a person who doesn't quite have the law of God or quite see the, the way that law that God presented himself to the Jewish people, it would you would bring a curse on yourself if you took that misunderstanding person and and led him astray to transgress or uh, to be the idea of uh, to intoxicate him out of the way of Yahweh, out of the way of of the Lord, and I do think that's true. I think it would be even true today uh, that if you you have the gospel and you purposely are misleading people and and to 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 lead them out of the way of of Messiah for your own gain, uh, yeah, you you bring a curse on yourself. That's why I, I, you know, many of these money preachers and these um, these people that have these these big ministries that just take advantage of people financially and for their own personal gain and lifestyle bring a curse upon themselves uh, because they're taking people and they're they're manipulating and perverting the gospel of God for their own gain. But back here in Deuteronomy. This, this always blew my mind. It's like, were there people really taking someone who was blind and make them wander out of the path? And what, what purpose would that have? But anyway, it brought a curse upon someone who did that. Once again, I, I say a lot of this stuff is repulsive. If you, if you, you, you read it and go, why would you do that? I mean, it's, to me, it's repulsive. Why would you lead a blind man off a cliff? Why would you do that? Uh, why would that even be in here? So, you know, ho hopefully I'm correct that the spirit in me has corrected that, that I find that something I just wouldn't be interested in doing. 
Verse 19, cursed be he that perverteth the judgment of the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and then all the people shall say, so, so let it be, amen. So perverteth the judgment. In other words, um, uh, you're not doing justice in the courts and you're taking that judgment and you're perverting it for whatever reason. You're, um, you're bending it, you know, uh, and that's for the stranger that dwelt with Israel or the fatherless or the widow. You know, the people that were underlings that didn't have the money that weren't of um, high status. And you brought a curse on yourself, taking advantage of them in, in a court of law. Verse 20, cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife. And here's why, because he uncovereth his father's skirt, which means his garment, his quarter, his corner, his pinnacle, pinnacle. And all the people shall say, amen. So you read that and you go, man, that is just repulsive um, to lie with, uh, you know, the woman your father married, uh, whether that be your mother or your stepmother or your third stepmother. I mean, it's just something as a uh, regenerated believer you wouldn't think about. But apparently it was something that happened and could happen and did happen or else they wouldn't have cursed themselves with that. That wouldn't have been part of the law. So that's the blessing I'm telling you about where Christ, this is the, the stuff Christ died for in your behalf, the curse of the law. He became the curse in your behalf so that you could believe on him and be regenerated. Verse 21, cursed be he that lieth with any manner of a beast. That means in a sexual way. Um, all the people said, amen. So if you lie with the beast in a uh, sexual manner, a sexual connection, then um, bestiality is cursed. So you should be repulsed by that. And maybe if you didn't have the spirit of Christ, uh, you wouldn't be. And there are some people out there who are not uh, repulsed by that and do do things like this. Uh, verse 22, cursed be he that lieth with his sister, the daughter of his father. So that's a hardcore incense, uh, incest or the daughter of his mother and all the people shall say amen. So incest, uh, we have you know, laws against that, but this should be repulsive. But I know that's not to all people. Cursed be he that lieth with his mother-in-law and all the people say Amen. What's amazing is that these 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 sexual sins of lying with an animal, your father's wife, your sister, daughter, you know, uh, Leviticus goes into great detail about you know other sisters and aunts and things like that, even your neighbor's wife. But what what's amazing is is that these these laws were even even had to be uttered to put a curse on yourself that you would do these things. I would imagine, and this is Paul Kapow, you know, spitballing here, but I would imagine as they entered into Jordan, as they crossed the land, the line into the pagan lands of the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of Canaan that, you know, was cursed, by the way, of Ham's son, Canaan was cursed uh, by Noah for uncovering his nakedness. You know, whatever happened there in in, the, in Noah's tent that night, um, 
he was cursed. And so these these nations that Israel was going to take the land from were idolatrous pagan nations. And I believe this is, you know, Brother Kapow believing this, that a lot of these these curses and laws were set up in place because that is the kind of lifestyle and behaviors that they were going to run into in these new lands. This is the kind of influences they were going to have. This is why Yahweh really emphasized you should not give your daughters to them or take their sons for your daughters or intermarry and things like that. Because Israel was a separated people, a holy people unto, unto Yahweh, his representatives here on earth. Verse 24, cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly. And all the people said, amen, smiteth his neighbor. It means to, you know, hit, to wound, to murder, to slaughter. And of course, secretly, do it uh, in secret. You cover it. It's a hiding place. Uh, there's no reason. You lie in wait and murder or injure your fellow Israelite. You bring a curse on yourself. 25, cursed be he that takes a reward to slay an innocent person. You can't be a hitman. Under this whole law, you can't be a hitman and, and be okay. And all the people shall say, amen. Now, there's no Christian hitman. You can't be a Christian and be a hitman and say, it's only just my job. Um, if, you, if you're a Christian and you've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, you don't have a desire to be a hitman. Uh, you will quit your job. Verse 26, this is the last curse. Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them. And the people say, amen. So one big final curse they brought upon themselves. Curse everybody that doesn't do everything we just talked about. This whole law. And if you don't do that, you're going to bring a curse. So this is the curse of the law that we read about in Galatians. Uh, when we read last week and, and that Christ had become the curse for us. Because in Galatia, they went back to the law uh, to justify themselves on the side of God. Paul's argument to them was that you can't go back to the law because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. In verse 13, Galatians 3, verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So what I just read you was just a few of the laws. I mean, you read the book of Leviticus, and there's all kinds of stuff that uh, as a human being, you're going to violate as soon as you, you wake up. You know, Just stuff that you're just not going to be able to do. And you bring these curses on your, yourself, but Christ took care of that on our behalf. Praise God. And I like I like reading those uh, those curses and those old laws and and see the great benefit you know, that we we have in Christ. And it kind of gives you a different perspective, a different way to look at things, and uh, and, a, and, a, and a new appreciation for the Holy Spirit that indwells you. So it's not, 
about getting the Holy Spirit so you can, you know, run up and down the aisles of your church and act a fool and, you know, do miracles and speak in tongues and, you know, do, do all that stuff. Um, you know, just, you, you know, stopping at the day of Pentecost stuff. But the Holy Spirit indwelling you in that, it removes that, that desire to disobey God's law and puts in your heart the desire to serve God. And that's something that you can't, you can't buy, uh, you can't fake, you can't uh, do works for, you can't do religion for. It's something that a regenerated heart in Christ receives. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And it just puts a whole different perspective on it. I think it's a real beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. So anyway, you know, Christ becomes a curse for us that the blessings of Abraham might come on all the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of, guess what? The Spirit. So verse 14 is saying exactly what I just told you. The blessing of Abraham come on all the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. See, it bypasses the law. And how does it do that? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit, that he would dwell among us, and he would uh, intent in us. He would, uh, we would be his tent. Paul says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So that uh, we don't have a desire to disobey the law, but we have a desire to follow even with all the problems and humanness that we do have, because we are still human in a fallen world and a fallen condition. But we know that Christ has become the curse for us. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing. So then let's look at Galatians 4, 1. And he says, um, Paul continues in Galatians 4, 1. And he's talking about heir. And I say that um, now, I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, uh, doesn't he's no different from a servant okay though he's an heir he's actually the lord of everything he, he's just a servant because he's a kid he's always under tutors and governors until the appointed time so that's what he says uh, uh, when we were children we were in bondage in the elements of the world but when the fullness of time was come god sent jesus christ the messiah okay that was made, you know, that, that was born under the law, but he came and he redeemed us that were under the law, them that were under the law. Back then, they were all under law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because we are sons, God has sent forth, here we go, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I talked about this last week, Abba. It's a customary title of respect, father it's not it's not a disrespectful hey daddy you know it's it's not goofy of a father but you're it's a sonship so verse six in galatians four six highly important because you're sons of god right because you came to messiah you're sons of god and god sent forth the spirit of his of, of his son of the messiah into your heart that's where he's indwelling it's so that's why I said it's more than running up and down the aisles. It's more than, you know, trying to grow somebody's leg out or, you know, trying to do a miracle. You know, a lot of people think, you know, I, I baptize in the Holy Spirit and I speak in glossolalia and I run around, and I do this stuff. And it's just limited to that or limited to what they read in the second chapter of Acts. 
but but the Holy Spirit is the indwelling of of, of Messiah in your heart. And that's what regenerates you to become a new creature in him. So that removes you from the curse, not only the curse of the law, but the curse handed way back in the garden. Okay, so it redeems us back to our father, the, the creation. So for God so loved the world, right? So God loved us so much that he provided this, this way. Uh, it's very beautiful. And the more, the more you look at it, the more you study, the deeper it is, and the more beautiful it is. And so Paul says in verse 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, well, then you're an heir of God through Messiah. Wow. All right. So I think that's it. I think I'm going to end there because I don't want to root it. <laughs> and I, I want to end on that beautiful note that we were under a curse of the law to do these certain things. And if we did certain things, certain behaviors, we brought a, a curse on ourselves, a very bad curse. And uh, when you actually read what those curses are, those the things that would happen to yourself, oh my goodness, see. But here we have Messiah that had, he came and became that, that substitutionary curse on our behalf so that we could be redeemed unto Father God. And not only just redeemed, not just servants, but actually sons. So it's, it's way, way bigger than we can ever wrap our heads around. But what we do know, what we do have, is enough to say thank you and be thankful. And the crazy messed up life and the crazy messed up world that we might be experiencing at this time or at any time. There's a thankfulness there. There's a, a bigger picture. There's a bigger, a bigger purpose. And we may not know it or grasp it, but it's there. Thanks for listening. Check out Mesquite Cafe, bluesband.com. Get on our mailing list. Check it out. Listen to some music. See what we can do. All right. Thank you very much. God bless. Talk to you next week.